Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah. Donovan goes in the post to go bear. Five on the clock. Donovan goes in the post to Gobert. Five on the clock. Rudy spins baseline. Too far underneath. Swings it back out. One on the clock. Bogdanovich from the mountain logo. It's good. And high steps back the other way. Boyan Bogdanovich has got 20. Donovan drives. Excuse me. Conley drives. Kicks to Donovan. Corner three. Good. 73-43. Jazz by 30. Couple blots this weekend for the Jazz PK. They got beat pretty soundly in LA on Friday, and then they just thrashed Sacramento on Saturday. Two and one heading Phoenix tonight. You were talking on TV last night. Forget the numbers, forget the record. Look at the body language. Confidence. Well, Mitchell for sure, yeah. What are you seeing in him? Just that, man. Confidence. Like he's gonna light it up. Like this yeah, is going to be a like, massive yeah, I, I got year. this, man. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm at the top of my game. It's only my third year, but you know, three years. You have to forget that he's only 23 because these kids come out much younger. Well, he stayed two years, obviously, in college, but just his body language and the way he's holding himself and he's not having these just dreadful shooting nights and trying to do stuff stuff that you know has low percentage to succeed. Seems like he's at the top of his game, and it's fun to watch. If you're a jazz fan, you're ecstatic for sure. A guy like me who just enjoys great play, I'm enjoying it a lot. Watch him play, and I expect it to continue. Shooting 58% and 50% from the three point line. Yeah. Is, is he going to keep making shots at that rate? You wouldn't think so because people don't normally do that, but. All jazz fans look at him and go, hey, feel free to be the outlier there, big guy. It's a combination of him being more developed in his game, putting in the time, and then having more spacing with better offensive options. The most he's ever had, obviously. You throw that all together, and certainly he's off to a terrific start. Phoenix tonight, 8 o'clock. AT&T Sportsnet, 7 o'clock here on The Zone. The Jazz and the Suns, and they're actually off to a really nice start here. Suns, yeah. I mean, they had the big blow with uh, Aiton going down, but they have Baines, the Australian guy. They picked up Kaminsky in the offseason, and obviously they're very young at other places. Uh, Rubio uh, did not play. They beat the Clippers at home Saturday night. Friday night, they were in Denver, and I was flicking around with my free NBA TV, and <clears throat> Rubio gets fouled with about uh, two seconds to go in regulation or down three. He makes all three. And then they lost by one. And they had like three or four guys foul out. I mean, it was outrageous the number of guys they had foul out. So they're literally one bucket away from being three and zero. These aren't the sons you remember. But as you point out, they brought in some new guys too. So they literally aren't the guys in a lot of cases who were the sons last year. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. That's what you know makes us so great. You know that we have guys around us who can score the basketball as well. So we aggressive, and the defense has to pick their poison. You know they're going to stop us or help, and you know we find the right guy. Anthony Davis talking about the tandem he and LeBron James have formed in L.A. Lakers roll again, big fourth quarter, and they blow away Charlotte, one twenty to one hundred one. It was actually a, a tight game at halftime. They opened up a little lead in the third quarter and a big lead in the fourth. 
And they pick up back-to-back wins this weekend, taking down the Jazz and the Hornets. Davis with 29 points in that game. Anybody else uh, amaze you in this? You see Jay Crowder with his overtime game winner. Former Jazz man getting Memphis a win. Uh, yeah, he got the ball. It's one of those deals where you have to shoot it. I've said that a million times. I think you become much better of a hitter or a shooter. I was going to say hit and run in baseball. You got a swing. It takes the uh, guessing out of it. So he let it fly and it went in. It was good to see them celebrating Crowder, former Jazz guy, obviously. The Warriors getting smoked yeah. Oklahoma City. Tell me what you think of gun control now, Steve. Draymond Green, we bleep and suck. That's been his post-game quote after uh, both games. It was a 28-point loss to the Thunder. Got nothing to say on China. He's got nothing to say on his team sucking. The Come bla- on, Steve. Go to coaching. The Blazers and the Mavericks trading hoops down the stretch. Damian Lillard, the winning layup with 27 seconds left. Blazers win at 121-119. He had the big hoop. C.J. McCollum had 35. Portland gets the win over Dallas. Porzingis was big down the stretch for Dallas. Six points late in that game. Way to go, Porzingis. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Another triple-double. They beat the Pelicans 126-123. We're going back Saturday? Yes. Okay. He's past Magic Johnson with the second most triple-doubles in NBA history. Oscar Robertson, and then Russell Westbrook. You care about stuff like that, huh? DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Beat them on defense. Going deep. It's caught. It's touchdown. It's Brian Thompson. His third touchdown. That one measures 40 yards in the playbook. Wide open. The six-foot-two sophomore, 205 pounds. This is straight-out speed. The double move, the drag slant, but he keeps it skinny and just picks it with his fingernails, man, right out of the air. That's an all-hands catch right there. Concentration, speed coming together to produce points. The Utes blowing out Cal. They went three and out on the first possession and then scored touchdowns the next five times they had the ball, and that thing was over early. Concentration and speed coming together. How about you're a receiver and you caught the ball? <laughs> Spencer Tillman likes to be it's pretty deep. Yeah. He runs the post, but he keeps it skinny. No, it drags slant. Come on. Ah, oh, whatever. Fourth and one, and you're playing a team you're expected to dominate, and you were dominating. So he chucked the ball up, and then the kid caught it, and he ran into the end zone. How about that? Zach Moss ran for 115 yards and a couple TDs. How about him putting on the brakes on that last TD and letting that defender just whiff? He got a flyby. I don't remember it. And changed directions <laughs> and scored. And I, now that, the Utes. That last TD, I had long since given up paying <laughs> attention, and I was at the game. The Utes are now ranked ninth. They cracked the top ten. Put that out there in the fourth quarter. There's no doubt about it. And a lot of Cougar fans and... You fans going at each other. I don't understand that, but it <laughs> keeps, me, uh, keeps me employed. So I well, think you knew they are they, a top 10 team. You you oh. knew at that point, didn't you? you know, top 10 because didn't you already know that Wisconsin oh, I, I and Notre Dame had lost? I don't pay attention to the rankings. So, no, I didn't know where Wisconsin mm. and Notre Dame. That's you, you do that stuff. I don't. I go on feel, emotion, and passion. and So, no. They I, passed Oklahoma, too. I 
And I, Oregon is seventh. I couldn't have told you where any of those teams were ranked, to be honest. I don't really pay attention to that. I just look at it and see what I see, feel what I feel, and I felt like they're a top ten team. So I wasn't – I go on emotion. You go on mathematics. Well, they are number nine now as they head to Washington to play I the mean, Huskies. Even if they were number 11, in my You'd mind. You'd still be having top they're, they're, they're a top ten team. So that's what I saw. This is what I got when I tweeted it out, that they're a top 10 team, simple as that. PK is another BYU fanboy with credentials. It makes me sick. He attacks Utah whenever he can to make BYU look good. Hold on. You're attacking them by saying they're a top 10 team? Mm -hmm. Okay. Look at last week. He picked on one bad fan so it would hype up BYU fans. Thank you for keeping me employed. I am. I am a BYU fanboy. I've been one all my life. I mean, it makes sense. You look at my my history. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. First and goal from the one. Pitch to the outside, into the end zone, walking, standing, easy touchdown for number four, Remsburg, who is the motion man coming to the near side, takes the pitch, rolls into the end zone. Air Force is up 13-0 with an extra point still to come. It's third and eight. Running the pitch to the outside to the five, into the end zone, touchdown. Hammond pitched, and into the end zone goes Remsburg, and Air Force gets their touchdown. Pretty anticlimactic on that play, too. Air Force. Running away from Utah State, an easy 31-7 win for the Falcons as they run all over the Aggies, literally 448 yards of rushing. That was a beating, PK. Yeah, it really two, was, man. Two early turnovers kept the Aggies in the game. It could have been uh, could have been worse earlier. They got a couple early fumbles, but they weren't forcing punts. Aggies are now 4-3, and three, and they come home to face BYU this week. The Cougars coming off a bye week. High stakes for both these teams now. 4-3 and three Utah State, 3-4 and four BYU. What are the stakes? Well, for BYU, they're going into the soft part of their schedule. If they get this win, seven wins is in the bag, eight wins is possible. What a roller coaster that would be if they get it. But so if they lose 3-5. and five, Toledo and South Florida win the soft part? We thought it was at the time, but not so much. No, this is the softest part, though. UMass and Idaho State. Yeah, but they're not there yet. Well, but see, if they get this, they'd be going into the soft part of their schedule, four and four. Well, if they don't get it, they'll still be going in there. I mean, they've got how many? How many wins they got now? Three. They got six in the bag. It's a, it's a big game. I don't know that that's high stakes. DJ and PK. It's a fun game for sure. Hashtag college football. Snap back on fourth and three. Tosses it. Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington State! It's Brandon Arcanado! A five-yard score! And it's an extra point to take the lead. Snap good. Placement good. Kick is up on the way. It's gone! Cameron Lewis, the freshman, says, give me a chance to show you what I can do. For you, and he just beat the Cougars. Two lead changes right at the end there. Washington State and Oregon. That was Washington State scoring a go-ahead touchdown on fourth down with a minute left, and then Oregon in that final minute goes length of the field and kicks the field goal as time runs out. Crazy game back and forth. It was entertaining. Does it tell you anything more about Oregon? They're gonna have to be better than that to beat USC this week. 
You know, these games have a individual flavor to them, so... One doesn't mean anything to the it, next it, week. It, it could. You know, it's, you know, when you're dealing with college kids, you're just not sure. Uh, Washington State, as Leach said afterward, and if you look at their schedule, it does appear to be true. This was the best game that they played. That was in Eugene. I, I think that uh, this Saturday, by the time we go to bed Saturday night, we're going to know where everybody stands. We're going to know who the winners of each division are, and I'm pretty sure Oregon's going to win the division regardless win or lose, but particularly in the South, I think we'll know. Well, these are the biggest tests for the Utes and the Trojans here. I mean, their odds of winning all the remaining games are, are pretty good. Yes. I mean, you don't know. Anyone can lay an egg at any time, but, man, on paper, it looks like they both ought to win out if they can get the win this weekend, and either one of them could lose this weekend. Well, conference games, uh, SC has Notre Dame at the end. Right. UCLA beating Arizona State 42-32 and uh, Arizona State with three fourth-quarter touchdowns to tighten that up and make it a 10-point game. Is UCLA figuring something out there? Has ASU had something go wrong? What are your sources inside the Devil program thing? I haven't spoken to anybody, but this is really who they are. They were picked to go 6-6. So... This is really, when you think about it, this is who they are for 30, 40 years. They're in November trying to find a way to get bowl eligible. Really hasn't changed. I mean, Herm can have all the, the fun talk that he wants. All the awesome quotes. But you know, he's 12-9 and nine in conference. and At least the good thing about it is I don't have to hear, well, they've gotten... Uh, no, all their losses were close. No, you got... You got stomped. It was just you got embarrassed. You were run over. You were the game was never competitive. Your your first series of the game, first series of the game, before they even ran a play, or maybe they ran one play. You had two offsides. The end of the first half, you punt from the thirty-seven when it was clear you weren't stopping the guys. In the first play, then, of course, it goes in the 20. In the first play, they gain 15 yards. They're like two yards away from where if you would have gone for it. And Jim Kelly's going for it on fourth down because what's he got to lose? So they need to reevaluate. I just wish people at the U wouldn't say to me every time they lose, what happened to ASU? How come nobody says it when they win? Because they don't root for ASU. <laughs> They're against ASU. So, one, so they bring it up when they lose. One Utah staffer said, what happened to ASU? I said, they got their ass kicked. Like, what do you think that happened? <laughs> Did you watch any of that? <laughs> Jeez, I mean, what do you think would happen? Look at the score. But the funny thing is, if you lose to Washington, crickets. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, the you really, really need to root for the team that you hate, the Devils. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's <laughs> SC's got those back-to-back road games, including yeah. the Devils. Yeah. So the team that you hate, you may need them to help you. We'll see what happens in a few weeks. One guy says to me, man. Another Utah staffer says, I sure hope they win next week. I said, well, I guarantee you they're not going to lose. He said, yeah? He said, why? I said, because they got to buy. They don't play SC next week? I said, no. That's two weeks, three weeks. SC plays Oregon this week. (laughs) Arizona firing their defensive coordinator. They're still looming out there on the youth schedule. Marcel Yates. They're not looming. Out. (laughs) Chuck Cecil is in. Cecil's a former, uh, former Wildcat. Wildcat star, is defensive back. He's All-American there. He's been a defensive analyst, so he's been in the building, but now he'll be coaching, not just looking and at tape. Yates was the guy they brought over from Boise, Rich Rod did, when he cleaned house a few years ago. 
And now he's out. Mm-hmm. All right, there's your college football, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Here's an inside handoff. They break second level. Tevin Coleman looks like he's gone for the hat trick. His third touchdown of the first half. Touchdown, San Francisco. Untouched, Tevin Coleman. Rodgers alone in the gun. Jones motion, snap to Rodgers. Quick toss, Jones. Gets a block, cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Highlights from Sunday's game right there. Coleman with four touchdowns for the Niners. Ran for three, caught a pass for the fourth. And the Niners just blow out the Carolina Panthers. Hanging 50 on them. And you also heard from the Sunday night game there. The Packers with a big play. It was a good game with Kansas City. Packers end up getting the win. 31-24. And Patrick Mahomes sits. Still a good game. He stood, actually. If you watch the game, he didn't play. He was standing up most of the time. I mean, they showed him after every single play. Niners are undefeated. Patriots are undefeated. The Browns turned it over on three straight plays in the first quarter to get themselves blown out early. That was outstanding. You don't see the shovel pass intercepted very often, but sure enough, the Browns pulled it off. Drew Brees is back with the Saints defense. I don't know that it really mattered. 31-9 route of Arizona. He threw three touchdown passes, but they were, with that defense, they were going to win. Uh, who Regardless, caught one? Who caught one? Who caught one? The know. former <laughs> Cougar, Taysom Hill. Not Taysom, the best catch. Taysom Hill, I like it. Yeah, thank he you. caught a pass. Not the best touchdown catch by a Cougar. Jamal Williams laying out in the back of the end zone in the Packer game. That was a good catch. You buying Seattle? Six and for two. sale? Six and two. The Falcons. Sitting there starting quarterback Matt Ryan. Oh, okay, he was standing, but he's in street clothes. And the Seahawks went in there and built a huge lead, and 27-20 was a little misleading. And they gave up 24-0 in that game. Yeah, I'm buying them. 6-2, chasing the Niners, who were 7-0. The Texans, back and forth game with the Raiders, and the Texans win on a crazy play. You don't see a quarterback kicked in the eye right before he throws the game-winning touchdown pass very often. But Deshaun Watson getting sacked, his head was down low, and the defender's on his back trying to drag him to the ground. His foot comes up and goes right through the face mask. Mm. He throws the winning touchdown pass, and J.J. Watt out for the year. He tweeted out that he's all done. Season-ending pectoral injury. Yo, pecs. Yep. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Now delivers. And that ball's hit well. Left field, high and deep. That's got a chance. Gone! Carlos Correa with a two-run shot. Gives the Astros the four-to-nothing lead. Now the 3-1. And Springer hits it in the air, deep to left field. And you can't kiss it goodbye. A two-run home run for George Springer. And a 7-1 lead for the Astros. And the Astros win three in a row in Washington. They lead the World Series now 3-2. to two. Weird that the visiting teams won every game, but that's the way it's played out. 
Three two-run homers, the difference in a 7-1 win. Now back to Houston to see if the Astros can win at home and close this thing out. Little uh, little drama there before the game with Max Scherzer scratching, PK. I guess he's hurt. Knew as soon as he woke up. Couldn't get out of bed. So we'll see if he feels better after uh, they got an off day here before game six. See if he can go or if Strasburg will go. When? Game six is Strasburg. Game six tomorrow. It is Strasburg. It's Strasburg. Yeah, it is. Okay. So Strasburg for game six with the season on the line. DJ and PK. What does number 82 mean to you professionally and personally? It's just crazy. It's a lot. You know, I've, I've been able to be consistent most of my career and I've put myself up there with a chance to win on a number of occasions. Uh, there's plenty of times where I didn't, but today was one of those days where I was able to pull it out and it's been a long week. Um, a five days at the top of the board is a long time and it was definitely stressful. Golf. Tiger Woods wins in Japan. He beats Hideki Matsuyama. That is a PGA Tour win for him, number 82. It ties the legendary Sam Snead. Most PGA Tour wins ever, and they're both sitting on 82 now. It was a three-stroke win for Tiger there. Yeah, it was cool. It's cool that they had that rain delay. Got to watch golf Sunday night. Time zone's working in your favor. Texted a couple of friends. You watching? You better believe I am. <laughs> It's, it's fun. It's a, a little bit of a, I don't know, it's like reaching in your coat pocket and finding a $20 bill when you first uh, put it on for the first time this winter. You didn't expect it to happen, and it happened, so it was fun to watch. Tony Finau finished 59th in that. He was uh, three over for the tournament. All right, that's what's trending. There are the headlines. When we come back, we're going to talk with Frank Dolce, our Utah insider. Get his take on the Utes, the winning streak, and the trip to Seattle to play Washington. Frank's coming up next. Utah State coach Gary Anderson at 8.30 in advance of the game with BYU. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz split a couple games this weekend. They are back in action tonight playing the Suns in Phoenix. Game starts at 8 o'clock on AT&T Sportsnet. You can listen to all the action here on The Zone beginning with the pregame show at 7 o'clock. Monday Night Football tonight, Miami Dolphins at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Game kicks off at 6.20. You can listen to that on The Zone Sports Network. Monday Night Football will be on 12.80 The Zone, while the Jazz game will be on 97.5 The Zone. World Series off tonight. Game 6 in Houston tomorrow with the Astros trying to close it out at home. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. Nominate someone you love for free carpet cleaning online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. If you're ready for cleaning yourself, schedule today and pages $33 per room. Minimum supply. Schedule online at ZeroResSaltLake.com or call 801-288-9376. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Coach Lou, let's start locally, Utah Cal. Utah is the best team in the Pac-12. I don't think Bowers is going to have what it takes to win in a game like this. It's almost like he's going to be completely non-existent in this football game. Give me Utah, big, 31-7. You said it best, it's almost as though Bowers won't even play in this game. It's going to be difficult. Utah State, Air Force. Well, look, Coach Calhoun a lot of times has had a lot of focus on his team going out there with the air raid attack, but they're going to have to put ball on the ground a lot. The Eagles have had a tough time throwing. 
part of the football, Utah State. Hey, Aggies all the way to win this game 24 to 10. The air raid of Air Force. Uh, why do they call them Air Force then? If you don't throw the football, you can't have the name Air Force. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join Scotty and Hands today from noon to 3 at My Hearing Center in Sandy, 8941 South, 700 East, Suite 204. DJ and PK, it is time now to welcome in Frank Dolce, our Utah insider and analyst for the Zone Sports Network. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning. Good morning, DJ. Good morning, PK. Hello, Frankie. (laughs) Hey, pretty good weekend for the youth. Yes, it was. It was as expected. They dominated. I had no doubt that they will. I thought they would cover all along, and they did. Now, I mean, we can we can talk about that game, but it was pretty much. I don't want to go German on you, but it was fate accompli. I think going into that game, and now looking forward, this is it, man. Saturday. By the time you go to bed Saturday night, and I know you're a late partier, so it'll be well into Sunday morning. <laughs> we will know exactly where the three teams who still have opportunities yeah. to win the both divisions, that being Oregon. I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to beat Oregon on the either side, on the other side. But certainly on the south, I think we'll know exactly where we stand the first weekend of November. No question about it. This is a huge weekend for uh, college football, for Pac-12 especially. And um, I think they're <laughs> – they're great matchups. I mean, Utah, Utah at Washington. Obviously, we'll talk. We'll talk about that one. But but this thing with USC and Oregon, uh, as I look across, because Utah obviously needs some help, uh, and they need some help from USC. And no offense, PK, but the way Arizona State is playing right now, I just don't think. I, I at one point I thought that might be a team that to knock off USC. I guess they still could, but. But the way the two teams are playing right now, I think this is Utah's best chance for USC to take a loss with Oregon uh, this weekend. And I, and I like the way Oregon is playing. But USC just brings so much talent to the field. And they seem to be playing with a lot more confidence than they were earlier in the season. So I think that is a fantastic matchup at the Coliseum. How many doubts do you have about the Utes going to Seattle? Because obviously Washington has been a disappointment versus the preseason expectations that a lot of people had for him. And Washington does have a history of taking a Utah, and Kyle Winningham's 1-6 against Chris Peterson. I know. It's not, it's not great. It's the one matchup, uh, as Utah, even as Utah started rolling along, the way that Washington managed Oregon, I thought a game that Washington – who maybe should have figured out a way to win that one and kind of a controversial call at the end on the non-pass interference penalty. Uh, that's just a, you look at you look at Washington and what they've done. And they lost a lot of people on the defensive side, but still really talented. And I, I think uh, although I, I haven't been necessarily sold on Eason at quarterback, he's shown signs of being really really good. And 
I, it's just hard to imagine a Washington team under Chris Peterson, Peterson taking four losses. <laughs> and if they took the loss against Utah, that would be four losses on the season. So, uh, you know, and, and then it's at Seattle, and then, the re- like you mentioned, the record against Coach Whittingham. It's a lot of things going against, against Utah right now. And we'll have to see about the health of, of Tyler Huntley because by the time he left the field on Saturday evening, he looked like he was he was pretty hobbled. So uh, it's it, it's the it is the it's the premier matchup in the in the conference this week. Utah and Washington. I know that Wash I know that Utah opened up as a as a three, I think a three point favorite. But man, I just this this game to me is is just even, and it's kind of one of those things. I think if both teams play clean, then Utah. The way Utah's rolling right now, Utah comes out on top. But if it gets ugly, if there are turnovers and mistakes and penalties that go the wrong way for the Utes, then then I think Washington might uh, figure out a way to take that one. Okay, well, they had the one game against SC where they committed the penalties. Otherwise, the penalties have been under control, and the turnovers really haven't yes. been an issue. I mean, they were uh, they got a little Not loose against the Devils, but it didn't matter right. with that defense. It seems like their defense, I think that I think the less I look at the Utes going into Seattle, and the reason why I feel confident is the offense is good enough. And I know, and Huntley, you're right. He's some, he is hobbling because you, you should – if you happen to just watch on that uh, where he scrambled a little bit and hit that dump-off pass to yeah. Moss, and Moss took it, whatever it took it, 80, 90 yards, whatever it was, just watching Huntley jog from when he left where he threw the ball, and then he had to get all the way down the field. You could see him just <laughs> yeah. jogging down the field, and he had it reminded me of Derek Favors a couple years back when Favors was laboring to get up and down the court, but he was still out there. That's the way Huntley looked. Uh, so... If he can just do that, because he hasn't been running that much anyway this year. The one game he ran uh, the most was SC, and I think that was out of desperation with Moss being out of that game. So I think the offense can be okay. To me, the difference is the defense, which has always been good, has taken it up another five levels this year. And I think it's going to be the defensive performance against Washington's offense is the reason why I feel confident. Well, if the defense plays the way it's played the last two weeks and, and throws another, you know, stifling blanket kind of defensive coverage and pressure and being disruptive at the line of scrimmage and the quarterback on skates, I mean, if they can do all of those things, then I feel confident as well. And I, I would, you know, I think that Eason's been prone to making bad throws a little bit here and there and making some mistakes. And, and this is certainly a Utah defense that has shown the ability to to create difficulties for the opposing offense. So I like that I like that matchup. Uh, I, I think that it's more more of a stalemate, you know, on the other side. Utah offensively against Washington defensively. I just watched Washington play Oregon. I watched the replay last night, and and that's a Washington defense, even though they're young. And even though a lot of people say there aren't a lot of stars on that defense, that's a solid defense top to bottom. And now you're picking them up when they have, you know, more than half a year of experience. So the young thing doesn't really come into play anymore. The inexperienced thing isn't such a factor anymore. And they're led by a terrific safety. So I think that's a, that, that's a good matchup, more of a stalemate. It, it comes down to can Utah's defense stifle and shut down the productivity 
of Washington's offense and create a couple turnovers, uh, allowing Utah's offense to maybe have a short field and, and uh, put some points on the board. So you mentioned the Utes in the last couple games. You know, if you go back four games, they've only given up 23 points in four games. I mean, that is outrageous. And there's only two touchdowns in there, and one of them was Oregon State's backups against Utah's backups with like a minute left and a blowout, and that doesn't really tell us anything. So why would I think, what does Washington have that they would, to PK's point, what does Washington have that they will score on the Utes? Well, I, so no offense against any, anybody else Utah's played, but, but you're looking at last, last three games, Oregon State, Arizona State, um, and, and then the Cal. matchup against Cal. Cal's, de- Cal's offense was, was oh, not man. great coming into this game, and then they went to their true freshman quarterback, and that even made it worse. Um, Arizona State's offense, although I'm a big fan of Eno Benjamin, I like Daniels, but he's a guy that just hasn't really, you know, it's a terrific six-game stretch to open it up, and Utah finally was able to get to the, and he looked like a freshman quarterback. I mean, that's how freshman quarterbacks play, the way that Utah rattled him and was able to get to him, and, and Oregon State's nothing special on the offensive side. This is nothing. I'm not taking anything away from what Utah has done defensively, but they're facing a different animal on, on Saturday afternoon. Not, you're not facing a, a, a left tackle who's a freshman. You know, Bradley and I is going up against a senior and a big senior and a guy that's probably going to get a chance to play on Sunday afternoons. And Washington, their center is a senior and a very experienced offensive lineman. Kind of sets the tone for that offensive line. So right at the front, where games are won and lost in the trenches, Utah has a completely different battle. And then you talk about talent in the backfield. Well, by far, Eason is the best quarterback Utah has faced probably this year. And and then you you add to that three, maybe four wide receivers who are, I don't know if they reach the level of USC talent, but they're very talented in the wide receiver group. So, so all of a sudden, rather than facing a guy that you may be able to rattle in the offensive backfield or, or maybe a one trick pony on the offensive side or an offensive line that may be light in some key areas, this is a group that is much more solid top to bottom, and especially at the foundation right up front, right at the line of scrimmage. Oh, no, Frank, you got me all nervous now. Utah's dream season? <laughs> and it's going to come crashing down in Seattle? No, Holy no. freak! No, don't get, no, 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 no. I just give it a little, you know, the little flavor, the dose of reality, the little flavor for the game. Yeah, that's okay. I don't have any problem with that. It's a different matchup. Yeah, and actually, it, it should be this way because you're right. Oregon State isn't any good, and then these last couple of teams have been freshman quarterbacks, first year freshman quarterbacks, no less. I mean, come on, you should with all these seniors that you have, and you got both of those games at home. You should kick the crap out of both of those. Teams teams and they did and I think it's bad for the conference 
if Utah goes up there and actually wins 35 to nothing because the Pac-12 always has to prove itself. It's never given the benefit. It's never given a pass. It's always, yeah, but. So actually, I think that if the Utes win a close game and a nail-biter, that type of thing, well, I should be better than if they go to Seattle and smoke them because they're going to look at, ah, well, the Pac-12 is so crap. And Clemson can beat the crap at everybody in the ACC. Well, they're awesome, but it doesn't matter that way. So I agree with you there, and there's no problem with it. You can't have every game just being rolling because if you do that, then people are going to look down on the conference, so they need some tougher competition. They're going to get it, and they'll get it that day in the afternoon, and then following that is Oregon and SC. So it really sets up nicely. If SC wins, they very well could win. Utah could go 11-1 and and not win not take the south but if that happens so be it uh, i'm looking at sc and i agree with you with that talent and the slovis kid i had somebody when they came to byu tell me inside the sc program that slovis is really good and the offense would be good but the defense is susceptible so i'm looking for in order for sc to win they're probably going to have to win high scoring games so what do you think happens there I think you're right. I think I, I think that USC is going to have to. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds obvious, but outscore the opponent, and and that means put a lot of lot of points on the board because I just don't think their defense can can really shut people down. It's not like you know if, if you take the if you take a Utah defense and 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 wrap it into that game with the USC offense, then maybe USC only has to score 24 points in that game to, to come out on top. But I'm not sure that's the case, especially against an explosive Oregon offense with a very good and, and experienced quarterback. So I could see that game kind of coming down to a 42-37-ish kind of a, an affair, and that could go either way. Um, certainly – with the with what USC showed a week ago against Colorado when Pittman has a hundred yards receiving in the fourth quarter and the Trojans make a somewhat miraculous comeback late in that football game. That's a that's an explosive offense with lots of weapon weapons and the and the ability to score. But now can they stop somebody? And I and I'm not sure that's the case, especially against an Oregon team. So for for the sake of the youth, I, I'm and for the sake of the conference, maybe I'm saying that uh, that Oregon at the Coliseum, a difficult place to play against a USC team that's kind of rolling right now. I think they figure out a way to to come out on top, maybe by three points. All right. So before we let you go, then you've got Oregon winning, you've got Utah winning. They, when we talk to you in another week, the Utes are going to be all alone in first place. That's what you're saying. Am I right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. I would hate to see the scenario that that PK because it's true. P, what PK says: an 11 and one Utah team, if USC continues to win, could figure out how to not win the South. That just doesn't seem to make sense. But you know, Pac-12 is crazy. It could happen. Yeah, no eight but and I'm one with, team has not won the, the division. Side. No eight and one team has not won won the division. Well, there you go. It would just—it would be stunning to me if that were to happen. So I think the odds favored the Utes. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. But it's a great—you know—these are the kind of football weekends, college football weekends that that I really look forward to. Two really meaningful games in in the Pac-12 and really competitive contests, and it should be a lot of fun. 
All right, Frank, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Of course, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you guys. Frankie! See ya. All right, PK. Yeah, the countdown is on. The tension builds. Yeah, I'm going to this game, and I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be 1 o'clock in the afternoon, Seattle time. I saw the, at least the latest forecast I saw was 54 and sunny. I mean, that's... Take it. Yeah. Take it and run. You're not going to do better than that this time you know, of year in Seattle. I don't think you are. Yeah. So, and, and Utah needs to play in higher stakes game. You know, they've had the opportunity to be... The South sucks. I mean, it's just, it's at best, it's mediocre for the second year in a row. Uh, and so they tripped up against SC. And a lot of people want to put out there that Utah is a top 10 team, simple as that. And a lot of people jumping at me, and mostly of them were Cougars, about, well, yeah, they're only second in the South. They lost to SC, blah, 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 blah. I get all that. I understand all that. And you're allowed you're allowed to slip up to, and still be a top ten team. I think you're allowed to slip up and you still win the division. I don't think in this case you're allowed two slip ups. So that could be a problem. But I think you're allowed one. I still think the odds are going to favor an eight and one team is not going to not finish first. I, I don't see it. It's never happened. I don't see it. It very well could happen if it happens. Well, you lost by one touchdown to SC in a Coliseum. I can live with that. That wouldn't be to me. That wouldn't be the worst thing. But I don't have that passion of the fan. I was about to say. So. <laughs> I was about to say to be eleven and one and think of all the mistakes that they made in that game. How close you were to twelve and zero. Yeah, but it happened. Ohio State's happened. Happened to them last year. So those things happen. They got left out, and that's what they were, right? Who they, who, who who got them last year? Purdue or somebody? Purdue. Yeah. So. I mean, big deal. It happens. You wouldn't. It's not like you're the only team that it happened to. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All right, you fans, got a couple open segments here. If you want to uh, jump aboard, grab the phone, use the open mic, grab that app, send the open mic uh, audio to Yak. He'll get yeah, it on the air. This is a top 10 team. I don't see how you can argue. Go ahead, argue. Freaking argue. 855-340-ZONE. Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. On Twitter, David DJ James. We'll do it next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Join Tony and Austin. Wednesday from 10 to noon, Ken Garf West Valley, 4175 West, 3500 South. All right, we were just talking with uh, Frank Dolce. The Utes got the win they had to have, beat Cal, take care of business, had that thing wrapped up at halftime. Now you get ready for the trip to Seattle. Huge game. Luke's on the phone. Luke, good morning. Hey, how's it going? Good, Luke. How are you? I'm good. Hey, um, first off, I'm a BYU fan, but I'm also a Utah fan when it comes to what's best for the state. And I'd like to know what your opinion is if uh, Utah is playing BYU schedule. Do you see them having exactly the same wins they have with their own schedule? I don't. I think they'd have one more loss at least. 
I, I think BYU's schedule is a lot harder than Utah's across the board. All right. Let me take a second to think about that rather than pop off off the top of my head. Well, the, if you're going to have one more loss, two losses, the most likely would be... Washington. USC and Washington, right? So they play Washington. Now they would have gotten USC at home with BYU's schedule. Not down there. And USC on the road? That that Colorado game was their first road win. Uh, Yeah, but who they play on the road? Notre Dame? Washington? BYU, Washington, (laughs) Notre Dame, Colorado. Yes. And they needed two fourth quarter touchdowns to come back and beat Colorado. They did. And they lost to BYU and OT. They did. Yeah. And Washington, that's Washington's best win, isn't it? Yep. Not looking at their schedule off the top uh, of my head. Going yes. Notre Dame, you can't complain about that. I mean, USC fans will, I get it. But Notre Dame looks like a pretty good team, and you went back there and lost by three points. So mm-hmm. no shame in that. Yeah, although they got worked by Michigan. Uh, yeah, with a freshman quarterback coming back from an injury, uh, stuff happens there. I don't know if it's enough to save Clay Helton's job. I mean, he has to literally coach every game as if his job was on the line because apparently it is. Yeah. And they haven't made a decision on athletic director, as far as I know. So, hey, have you read anything about sort of- Garbers coming back when USC's got to go to Cal? I wondered. It wasn't supposed to be season ending, and that's next to last game. I have not. Yeah, okay. It's still out there three weeks. The way Cal's offense is humming, why bring him back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> behind a, an offensive line that won't be able to keep him healthy. <laughs> is that BYU's claim? Is that, that if Utah had our schedule, they would not be as good? Think about that as Herm Edwards say, defense travels. So that defense is really good. They They did get beat by some really good receivers. But, you know, a lot of teams do that. It's been traditionally the egg they lay has been against the Sun Devils. This year, maybe it was against the Trojans. I think that the Utes, the thing that I would say, if you're a Ute fan who's frustrated by that call right there by Luke, what would Utah's record be with BYU's schedule? Well, it would be better than it is with BYU's schedule against their schedule, playing their schedule with their guys, if that makes any sense. What I'm saying is... They wouldn't, Utah they wouldn't would, be 3 and 4 like they BYU They would be to- Toledo and South Florida. So I think uh, the bottom line is worry about your own rather than saying, well, they've had a soft schedule. Sure, fine. Uh, but you know, it's not like Ohio State is playing juggernaut after juggernaut or Alabama or Clemson are doing that either, for that matter. Yeah, the Cougars, actually, they've I, scheduled tough. Actually, I was just uh, reading a thing about that, and Bama is a lot like the Utes, and you got to see what the teams do every week, but they've got like one or two wins over teams with winning records. Because in the story, they're comparing it to LSU, and LSU, among the elite teams, has played the toughest schedule in the they country. Have. That's why they're ranked right. number one. And it was a thing, with because they both have bye weeks this week before they play each other. Mm-hmm. And so Alabama got dropped to two, and the thing is, most voters looked at Bama's schedule and said, you've only beaten one or two teams right. with winning records. Right. And I think that's what could hurt the Utes if they did go 12-1 and one and not get in the playoff. Because their their schedule isn't good enough. ESPN's just got, they've got a story up there about all the one-loss teams because Oklahoma's schedule isn't very good either. 
The, the Texas win was a big win, but now Texas is sitting on three losses. And But the Pac-12 is always going to have to play... Yes, I know. I know what you're saying against the wall type stuff because the yep. Pac-12 is the least believable and the least legitimate in perception. Yep. So Utah didn't do itself any favors by not playing no Power Five teams. None. I mean, everybody plays at least one in non-conference usually, and Utah doesn't apparently want right. to or hasn't wanted to. They're, they need to get past their – I think now we have – I think the old mindset was the, – the leadership was of – it took a while for them to acknowledge that their own program was big time. They were used to, when they got a Vegas Bowl, jumping up and down and celebrating. I was in the athletic department office one year when they got the Rose Bowl bid in the – or the Vegas Bowl bid in the 90s, and my gosh, everyone was going nuts. So that Harlan comes in with a different mindset, obviously, because they're scheduling, trying to make their schedule tougher. All right, DJ and PK at 77.5 and 12.80, the zone. Gary Anderson, Aggie football coach at the bottom of the hour. More on the youths and the weekend of football next. Stay with us.